You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Follow us in our study of God's Word. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, What a blessing it is to gather together to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. I know it's early. It's early. It's only uh, (laughs) 11.15. But I am so thankful to be here. Uh, We have a special treat today. Uh, But before I introduce our our guest pastor, speaker, uh, dear friend, uh, I want to just remind you to make a make plans and put it in your calendar to come and join us for Easter here at Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. Remember, everyone come and everybody invite one. All right, that is my challenge to you. Everybody come and everyone invite one to join us. Right, it starts on April 7th, Friday, Good Friday, with our joint worship service at 7 p.m., right, 7 to 8 p.m., and then bring some snacks to share afterwards. And then that Sunday, Easter Sunday morning at 7 a.m., Come for our sunrise service out on the lawn together with our our whole church, all right? And friends, invite one. Bring somebody to come and witness, you know, a worship service outside as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Come and invite one. And then, of course, we have our regular services on Easter, right? 9.15 for Chinese, uh, what, 10.45 for English, all right? Come and invite one. Join us for Easter at Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. God is doing great things if you didn't know. Did you know God is doing great things? And I don't say that just to say that. I say that because I meet new people every week, and I see new people joining the church. I see new people responding to Jesus in faith and responding in obedience through water baptism. God is doing great things, and I want you to know I'm thankful for each one of you, dear brothers and sisters here, as a part of our family here at Northwest. Thank you for all that you do in every way that you serve, and I want you to also know that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And this is not something new because God told us this. Jesus told us that the harvest is plentiful, the spiritual harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so I also want to ask you to consider how is God leading you to get involved in what he is doing? And if I can help you with that, come and talk to me. Come talk to one of our our leaders here at church. Talk to one of our friends at the welcome table later after service. We need you. We need more helpers. God is bringing hundreds of people from all over the world here, (laughs) and we need help. So please, God has equipped you for this time and this place to serve him for his kingdom, for his glory. Not to build Northwest, but to build God's church, to build God's kingdom for for God's glory, all right, not ours. And so we're in for a treat because uh, I want to introduce my friend, uh, Pastor Monty Patton. He's currently the Arizona director of the SEND Network, which is part of the North American Mission Board. Yes, you give him a hand. Uh, We are so uh, excited and thankful that he uh, made time for us to come and share God's word. And he does so much. He served for so many years, and he's still an elder at at, uh, Mountain Ridge Baptist Church just down the street on 59th Avenue, serving there as a member there, but also coming alongside churches here in Arizona uh, to help equip and encourage for missions and church planning. So, um, Pastor Monty, we're thankful that you're here. Thanks for being here. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it so much. 
I have been looking forward to this so long, man. When, uh, um, when I got the invitation to come, I said, yes, because I, know, I knew uh, Pastor Terry, right? And Pastor Terry would never let me come in here, okay? <laughs> and so these guys are like, you know what? He's gone now. Let's get this. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited. I actually passed, I text Pastor Terry. I said, aha, I finally got in, all right? Uh, so, uh, man, I, I was so excited to be here. Like you said, my name is Bonnie Patton, and I serve, um, right now I serve the, with, for you, really, your church, you, your pastors and you, with the North American Mission Board, planting churches. We believe, as the North American Mission Board, that churches plant churches everywhere for everyone. And we believe that God really has a desire to, uh, to start churches because it's through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is made known, that the scripture tells us. And so I've um, been working that for the last 10 years in Arizona and New Mexico, about to transition to start working for Arizona Southern Baptist, uh, Arizona Mission Network now, that's what we call it now. And uh, the mission of Arizona uh, Southern Baptist is working together to make disciples of all peoples in Arizona and around the world. And it's the base of that idea is the only reason we exist as a network, whether it be the North American Mission Board, uh, SIN Network, whether it be Arizona Mission Network, whatever Christian network that we're a part of, uh, we believe that we can share the glory of God more together than we can separately. We believe that we need each other and that each one of us is important. Um, now, the, the verses that we're about to explore today, um, I think, uh, remind us that everything we do in our work, in our marriage, in our recreation, in our churches, is really for one purpose, and that is to make much about Jesus. I'd like for you to open up your Bibles, please, whatever you do, whether it be paper or be electronic, um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Let me, while you're getting there on your app or whatever it is, let me give you a little background where we're at here today. Paul was a church planter and a missionary um, in the very beginning of the church movement in Acts. And in Acts chapter 18, Paul went to this very large metropolitan community named Corinth. It was a city of great wealth and influence, but it was also a melting pot community because it was the gateway to the rest of Europe. And it was there that Paul began to share the gospel message about Jesus. And what happens when you share the gospel is that people say yes to the gospel and they give their life to Jesus. And that's what happened. And the church was born. Now, you're, you're very much aware that the world is coming to our city and state. The world's coming here. I mean, you guys are ministering to a whole group of people, migrants that are coming here to, to work, the, the Taiwanese people. And so, I mean, if there's anybody that knows that the world is coming here, it's you guys. And the world is coming here. Arizona is growing by 100,000 people a year. And all of them are going to buy Costco. Okay? I mean, seriously. I mean, it's like, come on, people. Let's build another Costco. Right? Um, that kind of, and so, I mean, the world is coming here. And um, we, I really believe that, that Phoenix and Arizona, what happens here will have an impact, not just in our state, but will have an impact literally on the rest of the world. That's what I believe. Now, Paul is writing this letter to encourage a young a church and address some problems that was going on in this church. One of those problems was the division was happening about 
over which leader or pastor the people liked more, Paul or a guy named Apollos. Now, according to Acts chapter 18, verse 24, when Paul left Corinth, he had started this church, raised up some people, uh, appointed elders and leaders, and then he went off, because this is what Paul did, he went off in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to go start another church. And so Apollos came in after him and began to disciple people. It says in, in Acts 18, 24, that, that Apollos was a, a, an uh, eloquent man who was competent in the use of scriptures. So after Paul left, we now have Apollos, and then he's having this, this, this rift that was beginning to happen because people go, you know what, I like Paul's preaching better than I do Apollos's. And people go, I like Paulus' preaching better than I like Paul's. And people started kind of dividing sides. And Paul's writing this letter going, what are you people doing? It's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos. It's about something else. It's about Jesus. And it's only about him. Here's a side lesson I want you to see today. Is that one of the tactics of the devil to stop the spread of the gospel is conflict in the church. There is a reason why Jesus prayed one of his last prayers to, to the Father before the crucifixion and resurrection. Jesus asked that the church be unified. Why? Because the Lord knows that if a church that is divided, it no longer thinks of the community. It never think, does no longer think of the gospel. It only thinks of themselves. And if the devil's trick, if he can't stop the gospel because of persecution, he'll stop it for infighting. And that's what was going on here. The gospel was stopped. So Paul's writing this letter to say, hey, we got to stop this mess. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. This is what he reads. He says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? They are servants to whom you believed. And each has a role the Lord has given. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now this passage gives us three truths that I want you to see today. Three truths that we can walk away from. One is, is that we are servants. Immediately he says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Well, they're servants. Now God used these two men to bring others to Jesus and to make disciples. One day, the mother of two of the disciples, the early followers of Jesus, James and John, came to Jesus and asked, that when Jesus came into his kingdom, if her boys could sit on his right hand and his left, basically it was a place of authority. Of course, this really ticked off the other disciples. And Jesus said these words, whoever would be the greatest among you must be the servant of all. That's what he said. So if we're going to be great in the kingdom of God, if this church is going to be great in the kingdom of God, this church and us as individuals have to be servants. The word servant is the same that we find in Acts chapter 6, verse 2, that describes someone who waits on tables, or what we now call a busboy. And so what Paul says, it doesn't matter who serves you the food. It doesn't matter who serves you the food. The most important person is the person that's making the food. Amen? My kids don't care that I bring the food to the table. They only care if mama's cooking it. That's the only thing that matters, right? And so we are servants, servants. 
Now you think about all those who have served over the years here at this church. Okay? Chances are, there are those of you who have rocked the babies. Who have taught the children. Who went to camp with the youth and got no sleep. Who led adults in Bible study. There are those of you here that have ministered to the sick through your meals. And those who have served in multiple ways around here so that people of Phoenix, Glendale, Peoria, and around the world would know Jesus. And you did this because you are a servant of Jesus Christ. And so the Bible says that we're servants. He also uses another word. He says, not only are we servants, we're also selected. He says, and each one has the role that the Lord has given. Other translations put it this way, that he has assigned the role the Lord has given. It literally reads, to each as the Lord gave. And what did he give? He gave us opportunity. He gave us responsibility. He gave us certain abilities. And it all comes from God, and we're responsible for what we do with them. And Jesus has assigned all of us very important responsibilities for the furtherance of the gospel. Nobody here is leftovers. Okay, nobody here did God call to be sideline players. When I was growing up in nowhere, Oklahoma, okay, Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. I don't know if you ever know where it's at. Cultural center of the universe, Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Every year about June, July, it's June actually, June, they had the noodling competition of the world. You're going, what is noodling? Noodling is when rednecks go to a river, put their hand underneath a rock into the mouth of a catfish, grip it like this, catfish comes down, and he pulls out a catfish by his hands. Those are my people, okay? <laughs> Those are my people, all right? I mean, yeah, exactly. And so I grew, up, I grew up in that kind of environment, redneck capital of the world, baby, noodling. Not everybody had all their teeth, I'm just saying, okay? And uh, uh, anyway, so I grew up there. In, in, the, in the winter, man, when it was cold and wet, our, our, our coaches said, you know what, we're going to play a game, and it's called dodgeball, right? Now, looking at me now, you would not tell that I, that, that I was not the, the, the most athletic guy probably growing up. I'm looking at me now, you're going, that's a pretty athletic specimen right there. But back then, I wasn't so much so. And so, uh, you know, they, they'd line us up against the wall, and they get to the captains, and, and they would choose up sides. We'll, we'll take that guy, we'll take that guy, we'll take that guy, take that guy. And we'd get down to the very end, and there'd be like three of us, and they'd go, ah, you guys just go over there. We don't care which team you're on. Okay? Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus got a role for you, for this kingdom. Again, pastor said, do you not know that there are four months in the harvest? Pray that the Lord will send out harvesters to the harvest field. Why? Because every one of us is important as harvesters. Every one of us. Paul would later write in his letter, in this same letter, in 1 Corinthians 12, that every part of the body, part of the team, is important, is needed and valued for the whole body to function properly. We all must function within our important roles that God has given us. As Pastor said, I used to pastor Mountain Ridge Baptist Church, 67th Avenue, just north of here. Okay? 
I started the church in 1996, moved out from nowhere, Oklahoma, okay, to plant plant that church. I was pastor there for 22 years. Praise God, they've got a good pastor now, all right? Uh, Brett Carlson, love him. He's my pastor. Um, He was co-pastor with me the last five years. I walked off stage left. He took off responsibility, and the church has never been better, okay? So no longer am I the pastor of Mountain Ridge Baptist Church, but I am the lead greeter for the 915 service. And while I may not have been a good pastor, I'm an amazing greeter, all right? I get my greeting team together. Whenever I'm there, I get my greeting team together, and I say, guys, we are the most important people in the church. And I really believe that because people determine within the first 10 minutes whether they're ever coming back or not. We're the most important people in the church. I've gone to the preschool department. Preschool department gets their pedals together, and they go, people, we're the most important people in the church. The worship team, I've prayed with the worship team. The worship team says, pastors, we're the most important people in the church. Everybody thinks they're the most important people in the church. And you know what? They're right. They're right. And I'll be honest, the most important person here at this church is whoever made that purple little pancake that I ate out there. Okay? okay. That is the most important person in this church. I don't know who that is, but it was good. How many of I'm just standing out there minding my own business. Someone just give me one and say, eat this. A cup of coffee. I go, wow. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Right? It was good. It was good. Paul said this. I planted Apollos waters. Every part of this team is important. It's not important what role you play. It's important that you play. You're responsible for your part. I mean, think about it. Which one's more important? Planting the seed or watering it? Both of them are important. We live in the desert. It's important to water stuff here. Amen? Someone gave me, like uh, a few years ago, gave my wife and I one of those little decorative cactuses, you know, like they little cat. I thought, oh, that's just so nice. Well, you know, I'm going, surely we can't kill that. Oh, you can. <laughs> Even cactus demand water. You can. We didn't water that thing thinking it would last forever. Boom. <laughs> okay. It, you can. It's important that we plant. It's important that we water. Everybody's important. That's what it is. We're all part of this same team. Paul writes in verse 8, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. God rewards us for our labor, not our results. We often think that God rewards us based on results. And why do we believe that? Well, because everything else in life is that way, right? I mean, as people were rewarded based on results, a salesperson gets a bonus or promotion based on results. An athlete gets a scholarship or becomes a professional based on results. I mean, we give our kids money and privileges based on what the grades that they bring home at home from, from school. Okay? You would look at me, you're thinking how he could have this, this, this old of a grandchild, but I've got a, I've got a kindergarten granddaughter. Her name's Aria. She's adorable. So she's in kindergarten. The other day, my daughter texted me and said, Aria got straight O's at school. What does that mean? You're looking at me the same way I looked at my text. What does O mean? I know straight A's, straight B's, straight O's. O's mean outstanding. My kindergarten girl got outstanding in kindergarten. She's in the principal's honor row because she got 
Straight O's in school. We were so excited. Hallelujah, Aria got straight O's. What are we going to do to celebrate? Let's go get ice cream, right? So we reward those O's in our life, those outstanding. That's what we do. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to reward you for the, the after. I'm going to reward you for your faithfulness. That's what I want you to concentrate on is your faithfulness. I'll take care of the rest of it. I want you to be faithful. Years ago, I was pastoring in Joplin, Missouri, the show me state. Love Joplin. I was pastoring this church four years and uh, about three years into that uh, church. We were, help, we, were, we were in the top 10 in all of Missouri in baptisms for three years in a row. I got up to preach one Sunday morning, grabbed a pulpit that's not this nice, Pastor. It's one of those big wooden ones, you know, where you can hide behind. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, you know, you can put all kinds of drinks down in there. Get a Diet Pepsi, stick it back down there. All that. You can't hide anything in this thing. Anyway, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm standing behind the pulpit, and I'm grabbing the pulpit, and I'm about to tell the church, I'm done. I'm done. I grabbed it because, my friends, I felt like a failure. Because when I would share my faith with someone using whatever tool it was at the time, continuous witnessing training, Roman road, now we use the three circles, and I'd share my faith with someone that if someone said no, it couldn't have been God, it had to be me. I didn't do it right. Because if I would have done it right, they would have said yes. And I felt like a failure. So I was grabbing the pulpit about to tell my church I'm done. And one of those times that the Father speaks straight into your heart in the course of 10 seconds. Not long. The Lord can talk fast if he wants to. In the course of 10 seconds, he said, Son, what made you think that this is your responsibility? Your responsibility is just to say it, to tell it. It's my responsibility to save them. You're not God. And in the course of 10 seconds, Jesus changed the trajectory of my life. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. That word fervor means boiling, serving the Lord. The results aren't up to you. They are totally dependent on God. We don't have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders or feel like our, that our success or failure is based on the results that we see in church. Instead, we can trust that God, God's goodness and His plan for our lives, knowing that He works all things together for good and for His glory. Which leads me to the third truth today, is that while we are servants and we are selected, He is sovereign. Verse 6, last half of 6 and 7. But God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The word is anything does not devalue your service. Nor does it mean your contribution isn't important. But it does note that God is sovereign. God is emphatic. In this text, in the Greek, it literally translates, he that gives the growth, pause, God. And while we have our assignment, 
Jesus is responsible for the results. It's all about Jesus. He's called us to be servants. He's giving us a task. He's given an assignment. And all the results are His. We can plant. We can water. But only the work of Jesus can make something come alive. Amen? You know that. You've planted. Have you ever planted a garden? You can plant a seed. You can put manure over it. You can plant a little bit of water on it. And you sit there and pray. Because there ain't nothing you can do after that. Other than keep the birds from eating it. That's all thing you can do, right? It's all about Jesus. He's the one in charge. I love what Psalm 104 says about our Lord. It says, you are great. You are clothed with majesty and splendor. It says, he wraps himself in light as it were a robe spreading out the, out the sky like a canopy. He established the earth on its foundations and it will never be shaken. He causes the spring to gush into the valley. He waters the mountain from his palace. He causes grass to grow from the livestock and provides crops for a man to cultivate, producing food from the earth. He made the moon and the, and to mark the festivals and the sun knows when to set. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountain and they pour out smoke. It's all about Him. That's why we came here today. It's because of Him. Our God is in control and He determines the growth. He determines it. Now, are we supposed to work? Yes. And the Lord will reward us according to our labor. And guess what? There's a reason why I use the word labor because sometimes it's hard. Amen? It's hard planting anything in this ground here. This soil here is hard. I mean, I've tried putting in a, 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 a water line, you know, to, 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 to water my grass. My goodness, man, almost had a heart attack. This ground is hard here. It's called labor for a reason. Okay? But God's the one that determines the growth. It's all about Jesus. And these last 20 years, this church, my friends, has seen over 300 people bow a knee to Jesus Christ and be baptized. 300 people! That is something to shake. Okay? Over the last 20 years, this church has given over $600,000 to the cooperative program. If you don't know what that means, cooperative program means, that means all of us Baptist churches are putting money into a pot it's called the Cooperative Program so that we can send out missionaries in the United States and literally all over the world. Our missionaries, when they go out, they don't have to come back and try to raise support because they've got 45,000 Southern Baptist churches all giving so that our missionaries can do the work of an evangelist. That's why we do it. And this church has given $600,000 for the expansion of the gospel all over the world. You have done your part. And we continue to do our part. And Jesus is seeing the outcome. Sometimes we are guilty of making it all about us. Sometimes we make it about our preferences, our recognition, or even our contribution. We need to be reminded that working together with God means that we're secondary. That it's all about Him. Him.
Jesus that determines the growth. Now, your pastors pray every Sunday for this to happen. One is if you're here today and you have never, ever experienced Jesus, that today will be the day that you say yes to him. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What's that mean? It means all of us have made mistakes. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. <gasps> okay? There's a good chance you've already sinned this morning or you're going to this afternoon. I'll be honest with you, I was running a little late this morning. I may have broke a few speed limits. <clears throat> may, may not have, okay? It's called a sin. Sin is missing the target. God's got a bullseye for your life, a purpose for your life. And when you don't hit that bullseye, it's called a sin. And all of us fall short of God's glory. We all have, all of us. But he says this, that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him won't perish, but will have life everlasting. That's our prayer for you. That's why people made those pancakes this morning. Yeah, and coffee. That's why the praise team led us in great worship. That's why we have great leaders here at this church. That's why people are watching the babies and taking care of the kids. Why? so that you can hear about Jesus and give your life to him. So our prayer is that you say yes to Jesus today. That's our prayer. And for those of you that have said yes to Jesus, but you're going, you know what? I've just been on the sidelines. I know God's given me abilities, given me experiences. He, he, he's, given me, he's given me gifts. It's time for you to stop being on the sidelines because God didn't call you to be on the sidelines against the wall. He's saying, come play. Come play. Be part of this church where you can impact the world for Jesus Christ. Do you not know there are four months in the harvest? Pray. Pray that God will send out harvesters to the harvest field. That's what you do. And you're the harvesters for what God's already raised up. Will you pray with me, please? Father God, I thank you so much for your love and your kindness, Father, for giving us instruction in your word how that we need to serve together. Thank you, Father, that you've called us to be servants. Father, that you've given us a task. You've given us an assignment. And Father, we thank you for just the, the sovereignty. that is. Father, you just called us to work. You called us to serve. You called us to be faithful, to use our gifts and to tell people about you. Ultimately, it's up to you, Father. And Father, we're thankful because so much less stress. Lord, we pray that if there's someone here who doesn't know you yet, that, Father, today will be the day they say yes to you and experience life like they've never experienced it before, life upon life upon life. Those, Father, that are not members yet here, have not become part of this faith family, Father, just been on the sidelines watching. Father, I pray they'll take the step of faith, become part of this faith family that has a desire to reach Phoenix, Glendale, Peoria, and the rest of the world. We thank you, Father, for this church. It's in your name we give you praise and glory for what you're about to do. Amen. Pastor, appreciate you, man. Well, dear friends, uh, you heard Pastor Monty. Uh, you heard God's word. And now it's time for you to respond. And we always have an invitation here at Northwest because we believe whenever God speaks, it's, it gives time for us to respond. And so if God is leading you, if you 
put your faith in Jesus Christ today, as Pastor Monty just shared with us, that yeah, you acknowledge your sin. You acknowledge that you're a sinner. You've missed the mark. You make mistakes, but you know that, that God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on that cross, to pay the price for your sin so that you could have eternal life, so that your sin would no longer separate you from him anymore, and that you could be set free and live a life, live the life that he has created you to live. If you made that choice, that decision today, you confess Jesus as your Lord today, I want to invite you as we sing this song to come and share it with me so that I can pray with you, so that I can encourage you as you step out from this place today and walk in newness of life. And dear brother and sister, there's also a time for you to respond today too. Maybe you have been sitting on the sideline or maybe you come every Sunday and just sit in this nice cushy gray seat and then you get up and you go and, and go sit in your other cushy seat at home. And that's all you do is sit in a cushy seat at work and at home and on Sunday morning. God is calling you to get involved, to roll up your sleeves and be a part of the most amazing work that you could ever do. That's his work, that's his mission. And that's work that will last for the rest of forever. Maybe it's time for you to take that next step. If that's you, maybe you need to join the church as a member. Maybe you need to, to follow Jesus in obedience and water baptism. Whatever that next step is, I invite you to come and respond to God as we sing this song. Would you come? If you're encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to the other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you so much for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.